Part 1, Chapter 10, Obedience. We begin by drawing on our Franciscan tradition from two places. First, from the Assisi compilation, we learn how Francis asks for a guardian to obey. Francis wanted to be humble among his brothers. To preserve greater humility, a few years after his conversion, he resigned the office of prelate before all the brothers during a chapter held at St. Mary of the Porziuncola. From now on, he said, I am dead to you, but here is Brother Peter de Cantanio. Let us all, you and I, obey him. Then all the brothers began to cry loudly and weep profusely. Blessed Francis bowed down before Brother Peter and promised him obedience and reverence. From that time on until his death, he remained a subject like one of the other brothers. He wished to be subject to the general minister and the provincial ministers so that in whatever province he stayed or preached, he obeyed the minister of that province. What is more, a long time before his death, and for the sake of greater perfection and humility, he said to the general minister, I ask you to put one of my companions in your place regarding me, so that I may obey him as I would obey you. For the sake of good example and the virtue of obedience in life and in death, I always want you to be with me. Well, from that time until his death, he always had one of his companions as a guardian whom he obeyed in a place of the general minister. One time he said to his companions, Among other favors, the Most High has given me this grace. I would obey a novice who entered our religion today if he were appointed my guardian just as readily as I would obey him who is the first and the eldest in the life and religion of the brothers. A subject should not consider his prelate a human being, but God, for love of whom he is subject to him. And the second part of our tradition that we draw from is the history by Bonaventure. And here we learn how Francis likens obedience to a dead body. One time, when they asked him who should be judged truly obedient, he suggested as an example the likeness of a dead body. Take a lifeless corpse, he said, and place it wherever you want. You will see that it does not resist being moved, nor complain about location, nor protest if left. Sit it on a throne, and it will look down, not up. Dress it in purple, and it looks twice as pale. This, he said, is someone truly obedient who doesn't argue about why he's being moved. He doesn't care where he's placed. He doesn't pester you to transfer him. When raised to an office, he keeps his usual humility. The more he's honored, the more he considers himself unworthy. Obedience is a celebration. Obedience celebrates our membership in a religious community. 
We're not doing our own thing, but living out our Christian vocation in unity with others who are also struggling to follow Christ in the manner of St. Francis. Religious obedience means living in agreement with the principles and rule of a religious order. Religious obedience is not forced submission, but is a willing compliance with a rule we have freely chosen to follow. Obedience to the third order, therefore, means living in compliance with the order's rule. This includes the principles, the constitutions, the order for admissions, and the provincial statutes of the Third Order Society of St. Francis. This is why it is important to read all of the materials included in the basics. At the heart of things, obedience to the principles means obedience to the gospel. The first item in Francis's later rule, the rule which received the papal seal states, the rule and life of the lesser brothers is this, to observe the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Living according to the gospel was the foundation of the rule which Francis and his brothers kept, as it must be of ours. The authority with which we ultimately comply is the authority of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The next item in the latter rule states, Brother Francis promises obedience and reverence to our Lord, Pope Honorius, and his successors canonically elected and to the Roman Church. This is from the, the later rule, page 100. If it's not been for that particular obedience, Francis would not be around today. His movement was only one of many attempting to refocus the Church away from external wealth to interior wealth, through embracing the poverty of Christ. But unlike most of the others, it did not fall hopelessly into heresy and disappear. Only then does the later rule go on to say that the other brothers will be obedient to Francis and his successors' authorities within the order itself. It's important to emphasize that we do not require obedience to any particular person, either within the third order or outside. Our leaders, including the formation counselors, fellowship conveners, our spiritual directors, even the minister provincial, have been chosen to guide us in the Franciscan life, not to issue orders for us to obey. We choose to trust them and to rely on their guidance but they have no direct authority to which we are bound. Our primary acts of obedience. The primary way we manifest this obedience is in our daily lives by following our personal rule of life. The personal rule states our, our individual intentions for expressing in our life the order's three ways of service, prayer, work, and study. In the individual rule, we include the following specific items under the general heading of obedience. And these include first praying morning and or evening prayer each day. Next, 
saying community obedience daily. It's described in detail later on. Next, meeting regularly with our spiritual directly. Monthly meetings are recommended during formation. Renewing our religious vows yearly, once novice. Regularly reporting to the formation counselor, monthly during postulancy, possibly less frequently during novitiate. Attending local fellowship meetings and provincial convocations as circumstances permit. Obedience to the TSSF Constitution and provincial statutes. And lastly, making an annual financial contribution to TSSF. These are the concrete areas of obedience listed in every tertiary's personal rule of life in the province of the Americas. The chapters that follow will discuss the daily office, spiritual direction, the local fellowship, and obedience to the governing bodies of TSSF. The topic of reporting was dealt with in an earlier chapter, and we will touch briefly here on the importance of daily recitation of the community obedience. The community obedience consists of a version of the prayer which, according to Francis's testament, he prayed whenever he entered a church. Both here and in all your churches throughout the whole world, we adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Amen. The reading from the principles assigned by the days of the month and intercessions for our brothers and sisters found in the directory for the appropriate day of the month. Then a prayer of thanksgiving for the third order and a collect for the appropriate day of the week may be included. One of the closing blessings concludes the obedience. The community obedience is recited daily by all members of the third order. Although the various Franciscan provinces differ in culture, language, life, and circumstances, as well as disciplines, we affirm our life in community with Anglican tertiaries throughout the world whenever we say the community obedience, which opens with the words of our Father Francis. Obedience is not blind obedience. We may conclude this discussion of obedience by emphasizing that the obedience the order expects from us is not blind obedience. We're not asked to compromise our own basic principles. We are never required to do things that are not morally correct or which violate gospel principles. Francis himself said, If any one of the ministers commands one of the brothers something contrary to our life or to his soul, he is not bound to obey him because obedience is not something in which a fault or sin is committed. However, this does not mean never having to do something we may not agree with. If it did, obedience would have little or no meaning. Moral compunction is not the same as opinion. But we ourselves have willingly agreed to follow the rule of the order. Our rule of obedience is not something forced on us from an outside agency. It is something we have deliberately chosen for ourselves. If you find yourself 
consistently at strong and definite odds with the order's rule, the third order is probably not compatible with your personal spiritual needs. In this case, after discussing with your spiritual director, you may request to withdraw from formation by contacting the formation guardian or request release from vows if professed by contacting the provincial chaplain. We conclude this chapter with four sets of reflection questions. The first set, our Western culture admires independent thinking and consequently does not necessarily admire the concept of obedience. What is the connotation of obedience for you? Why is it such an important aspect of a religious community? Secondly, why do you suppose that Francis included the assurance that a friar would not be expected to violate his conscience in order to be obedient. Is it important to you to know this? Third, to what authorities were you obedient to before entering Franciscan formation? Four, which of the specific terms of obedience do you have difficulty practicing and which is easiest for you?